0: This is The Commission Church Online. Welcome to our podcast. We want to be a church who brings heaven on earth through the word of God and the love of Christ. I pray this week's message blesses you. All of you here in the house of the Lord this morning. I know some of y'all didn't want to wake up. Uh, you didn't want to get out of that comfy, cozy bed of yours. Uh, I know that cold weather brings a whole another another mood amen but i thank god for wisdom and i thank i thank god that he's given us the ability to drive here. I know some of us had uh, difficulty getting here, but uh, with all of that, I thank God because he brought us to the house of the Lord. I, I was telling, uh, I was posting this on the Discord group this morning. For those of y'all who are not there, I was watching the, the Chiefs and Dolphins game yesterday and there was this crazy guy without a shirt in minus 27 degree weather. And I was like, man, uh, it's crazy how people worship what they love. And it's amazing that we are not going to stop worshiping the Lord because it's cold, amen. I thank God for our sweaters and our beanies, I love it, amen. We are so excited to be in the house of the Lord, amen. Are you ready for the word? Yes. Man, that was weak. Are you ready for the word? Yes. Thank you so much, amen. Like, like Sonia said, uh, <laughs> Just wanna welcome each one of you guys and um, uh, to service this morning. It's a joy to be over here, uh, you know, worshiping together in spirit and truth. Uh, if you're new here, welcome. Sonny and I get to lead this church and uh, just, just the joy of leading with an amazing group of servant leaders here reaching, to, reaching the city of Plano. And we're excited about what God is doing in this season in our lives. So if you're looking for a home church, uh, man, we wanna invite you to come join us uh, in this mission of loving God and loving people and we're excited about what God is doing. Amen. Uh, I know that uh, since the new year we've been in some standalone messages and uh, last Sunday I touched on a topic that we are as a church uh, going to be praying about and believing for in the year 2024. Uh, I believe in my heart that 2024 is going to be a landmark year for us. We are five years old as a church and uh, something that the Lord kept speaking to us and impressing on our hearts walking into this new year is that as a church, as we pray, as we get prepared, as we fast, we are on the brink of something beautiful and something majestic that we're gonna see with our eyes. We're gonna see supernatural provision. We're gonna see supernatural doors that are gonna be open in front of us. I am believing for supernatural doors and families in your lives, in in your relationships, and your education, whatever area of life you are believing God to move in, I wanna believe for nothing short of the supernatural. Someone say supernatural. I believe that and I pray that over you. And I'm just touched, I just wanna let you know. Sunday night we were talking and uh, as we were talking and praying, just the amount of people that are actually fasting a whole 21 days on a liquid fast is just astounding every year I would feel alone or there would be two or three people that would fast with me. And this year, at least, we, how, many, how many people do we have? I, I don't know, I can't even count how many people we have on a full um, you know, 21 day fast and that's amazing. And some of us are doing a Daniel fast and some of us are doing a partial fast, you're skipping two meals a day or one meal a day. But trust me when I tell you this, miracles are breaking through, amen? And some of y'all don't even know about this, but there, there are praise reports that we're hearing daily uh, that we are getting about breakthrough and God doing mighty things, so we're gonna continue praying. We had an amazing time here on Friday, and we're looking forward to the rest of the two weeks that are ahead of us, and as we go into week two, <clears throat> let's go in with anticipation that God is going to do something big, amen. I'm gonna title my message today, Being Led, Being Led. I want I want us to understand in addition to being open and knowing that God is wanting to do the supernatural in our midst, it is equally important to understand how being led in the spirit and being led by God is a big role of allowing God to work in the supernatural. For God to do what he does best, it is so important for us as his creation, us as his people, us as his children, to be submitted to his every move. All creation obeys God. If you look at the sun and the moon and the stars, they are on schedule, they are on command. The only thing that God created with will and with choice is you and I. We were created with choice and because of that we make choices every single day. And as a Christian, we make a choice every single morning when we wake up from bed, when we, uh, when we pray, when we seek the face of God, we make a decision to either be led by our flesh or to be led by the Spirit. Yes. Every, every morning, it's not an automatic thing that happens. Every Christian, when you're born again, when you accept Jesus as your Savior, the Spirit of the Lord resides within you. That's, that's a given, the Spirit of the Lord is in you. But then every single morning, you choose to allow the Holy Spirit to be upon you, the anointing of the Holy Spirit to lead you during that day, to to give you, to direct your path. The leading of the Holy Spirit is so, so important. My God has this deep desire in His heart to lead us and guide us. And I want to take some some moments this morning to kind of explore the Scripture, to teach you this morning as to how important it is to be led by God. God continuously leads people in the Bible into protection. There are seasons of protection that God took his own people, the people of Israel through. When God does certain things in our lives, it's for our good. It's to protect us. It is to lead us to protection. If you look at the people of Israel, and we'll talk a lot more about it, but uh, whether it's the pillar of cloud or the pillar of fire, uh, there was protection that was guaranteed for the the people of Israel, good or bad. It does not matter what season you're going through in life. Remember that the plans of God are always good for you. I want to go to Judges chapter 13, and this is where we'll kind of begin our study, and then we'll read a few more passages here and there. So if you're taking notes, go to Judges 13. Uh, the notes are on the Bible app as well. You can scan the QR code. It will bring up all the notes for you. If you have the Bible app on your phone, it will bring up all the notes. You could just enter your notes there. If you're not a journal person, you could do it there. Or if you just need a, you, you missed out on the verse that I was saying or on the screen, you're welcome to follow on the Bible app, but we have all the notes on the screen as well. Judges 13, and I'm gonna read five verses. I'm reading from the ESV, and the people of Israel again, I wanna underline that word, and I've underlined that word over here, and the people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Someone say again. So the Lord gave them into the the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. There was a certain man of Zorah of the tribe of, of the Danites, whose name was Manoah and his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, behold, you are barren and have not born children and you shall conceive and bear a son. Therefore, be careful, and drink no wine or strong drink, and eat nothing unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. No razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to the, to the Lord, to God, from the womb. And he shall begin to save Israel from the hand of the Philistines." Someone say, begin. There are some key verses and key words in this passage that are going to be of stark importance to our study this morning. For a few moments over the next uh, 30 minutes, I just kind of want to express my heart and show you what exactly God's plan is for his children and his agenda to lead us into places that he knows best. The word that stands out to me is verse number one where the Bible says the children did evil in the sight of God again. Someone say again. This is the children of Israel all over the Bible. If you read in Exodus and in in Numbers and in Deuteronomy and and, and Joshua and Judges and and you see the account of the Israelites and their journey through the promised land or, or to the promised land and even after the promised land. The compromises they make with the people in the Promised Land. The the agreements that they come into with the Philistines and all the other uh, ites, as we call it, the the Moabites, and the, 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 the list is plenty. The Israelites were God's people and the Philistines were their enemies. For those of you all who do not have a biblical context, I wish to draw a biblical context. The Israelites were a people that God called his own. And then the Philistines were the people that were trying to destroy the Philistines, as destroy the Israelites and take everything away from them. And God has been trying to teach them through generations to trust him and follow his lead. Through generations. And when one generation gets it and they repent, they pass away, the next generation comes and it's the same vicious cycle that continues over and over and over again. So God raises a prophet and, and that prophet brings the word and judgment and God provides healing and that generation just says, Lord, we're sorry. And they teach their children and say, Hey, this is what we learned. But those children fall again and sin and fall short. Of, so it continues generation after generation. And you know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of today. It reminds me a lot of our culture. I wanna remind somebody today that, that the same way God has been trying to teach them through generations to trust him and follow his lead, I feel like God is also teaching the modern day church the same thing. In Exodus chapter number 13 verse 17, the Bible says, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near, for God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. The Bible says God did not lead them in the way of the land of the Philistines. So God leads you in pastures, green pastures, and God leads you away from dangerous paths. God's leading is something that we gotta trust. Sometimes when God closes doors, we're offended by it. God, why did you bring me to the point of victory and close that door in front of me? Because God says, team, can we shut that off? Uh, but but God looks at us and says, man, through the generations, we got to trust in his lead and follow his lead. And here to the people of Israel, like God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines. That's what the Bible says. Like God saw intentional. He was so intentional and he saw that the people of the the Philistine land were going to destroy them. They were going to be a hindrance to them. So God diverts them away. Can I talk to somebody today? Sometimes God will lead you in the most obvious path and sometimes in the not most most obvious path because he looks at you and me and says, man, it might seem good to you, but that's not the way I want you to go. I want to remind somebody the most convenient way is not always the right way. Sometimes we see it and we're like, man, that's the best opportunity. That's the best thing that's ever happened to me. That's the best promotion. That's the best job. That's the best, you know, a salary increase or, or whatever it is that you're praying about. Or that's the, that's the college I want to go to or I got accepted here. Or whatever that looks like, it might seem good on paper, but sometimes God will not lead you in the most obvious path that's in front of you. You know what Proverbs 16, 9 says? It says, a man's, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his step. I want you to stop there and listen to that verse once again. It says, a man's heart plans his way. We plan our way. But what, what does God do? But the Lord directs his steps. As a Christian, as a believer, going into this new year, I want us to accept the fact that God requires us to make plans, but we got to be okay with God directing us. Am I talking to somebody? This is important. God says it's wise to have a plan, but it's okay for the Lord to direct your steps. Like, what does that mean? Like, according to the Proverbs, we're commanded to make plans for the future, knowing that our plans may be altered or redirected or nullified for God's purpose. Because He knows what's best in our lives. And some of y'all have been dealing with disappointment in 2023. Some of you all have walked into 2024 carrying that disappointment expecting God to do something new and God is reminding us in this season church wake up open your eyes in the same way God closes some doors sometimes God looks at you and says man my, your steps are ordered of the Lord And sometimes, all my life, I've believed that it's because God knows our future and the end of our story and beyond. Like, He knows what's around. He knows the hazards. He knows the bends. He knows the dangers. And sometimes, He alters our plan to protect us. And that's right. He wants to save us. And He wants to protect us or to give us something better than we've imagined. And we've heard numerous sermons about this. All of this is true. But what if there is more to it than just that? Because in Proverbs 19 and verse 21, the Bible says it this way, many are the plans of a person's heart, many, not one, not a little bit, not few, but many. Someone say many, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Like, are we okay in 2024 walking in with our head held high and saying, God, I might make plans, but Lord, I want to walk in and say, may your will be done. The moment you walk in with that confidence, trust me, you will not be disappointed. He is the lifter of your head. And no matter if it is plans, it is good plans, it's great plans, God says, maybe not now, maybe not tomorrow, maybe never. Come on, am I... Anybody have plans that you made and God's like, nah, it's not going to work. You're like, man, that looked like the best plans. Anybody? Like Peter, James, and John were like, we're going to be the most famous fishermen in, in, in all of this land. We're going to make so much business. We're going to make money. We're going to give it back to the kingdom, God, right? Like we're going to sow it back. It'll give us a lot of money, Lord. And, and there was Matthew, the tax collector, and he was like, man, I'm going to be the best tax collector. I'm, I'm the best CPA in this land. Ain't nobody going to beat me. But Jesus comes in and says, follow me. Yes. But God, no, no, follow me not one person protested I remember when I was growing up all I wanted to do I love talking God (laughs) I still do that was my wife if you all didn't hear that I love talking talking is my forte love talking and um, and one of the reasons for that was I I was I was born a stammer like I, I had a very hard time speaking and talking all the way to age 11, I used to stammer my way through sentences. And I asked God to heal me because I had this passion for ministry and I wanted to preach and I wanted to teach and I wanted to tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ. And I said, God, remove the stammer for me and God miraculously heal me from that stammer at the age of 11. And since that day, I haven't stopped talking. Like, if there's one thing I got in trouble at school for, it was for talking. Like, I, I was not a bad kid. I was not a, not, I, I didn't bother anybody, but I love to talk, something I was good at. And because of that, I wanted to become a journalist. I told my parents, I said, mom, I'm going to go to school. I'm I'm, going to do my my bachelor's in mass communication. I want to be on TV. And and, and she looked at me and said, what what are you doing? Like, God is calling you to ministry. This is not what you should be doing. But if that's what you want to do, go ahead and do that. I know. She says, I know that after all this stuff that you do and all the money that you spend, God is going to pull you out of that. I said, Mom, stop speaking death over me. Speak life over me. I can do both together. And she said, just watch. Don't mess with a mom's prayer. She, like, like a mother's intuition is pretty real. And when she hears from God and when, when a mom that prays knows that God told me this, she knows that God told me this. Amen. I went on. I did my bachelor's in mass, mass communication. I graduated. I got hired by a news broadcasting company. I worked with them for a good year. And God looked at me and said, yeah, you're going to go to Bible school. And I was like, Lord, wait, hold on. Like I did all of this and God said, your mom told you, I told your mom to tell you, and you didn't want to listen to me. So I told your mom, to. I was like, Lord, but this is what I wanted. See, that's the thing. Sometimes you can want all these things. They might look attractive and they might look beautiful, but sometimes God just protects his own. And that's why in Exodus 13 and verse 18, the Bible says, But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness towards the Red Sea. And the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt, equipped for battle. I want want you to hear me out. It might take an extra few years. But God wouldn't mind taking you around the long route and the scenic route. Come on, am I talking to somebody? The painful route the less happy route the less joyous route because his plans for you are beautiful and you may not see it but his timing and his plans are a yes and an amen and only and on church and only if we can just be okay with that oof i thank god for protecting me from what i thought i wanted and and blessing me with what i didn't know i needed come on somebody because a lot of things that God throws you away is stuff that you're like, man, I don't I know I need this. And God's like, that's what you wanted, but this is what you need. They were led. But like all kids, you know what they did? I have a, I have a little, almost two-year-old, and she thinks she's got it all. Like she's, she's self-made. She can cross the street without an issue. So uh, the other day we parked across the street at a church and uh, I was holding her hand and she let go of my hand. It was a firm, like, I, I held her hand. She's like, no, daughter, let go. And I said, excuse me? I said, and she said, no, I don't want it. And I said, OK, what's going on over here? And she wanted to cross the street by herself without holding my hand. And I said, girl. We've been doing this all this while, well, and you've been okay. You, but but it comes to a point. Anybody been there? You have kids that are embarrassed. to Hold your hand, walking up, walking them up to school. They don't want to, you to be seen. They don't want to be. They want to be dependent. They don't want to be. You know, come off as somebody that needs to be dropped off, or they ask you to drop you around the curb. Come on, somebody. And they're like, I'll walk from here because I want to make it seem like I'm tough and I got this to get. Come on, somebody. Kids don't want hugs anymore and they don't want kisses. I'm going to give it to them anyway. Come here. (laughs) It's just a matter of age. Israelites fell into the trap of worshiping other gods. They said, no, Lord, even though you pursue us and even though you show us and even though you lead us and even though you want the best for us, we're going to do what we want. Now, I want you to hear me loud and clear. As every generation passed, one generation would repent, they would come back to God, and the next generation, I, I want you, to, this, this, is, this is something that I really want us to understand, and I want us to be, like, like, why did they do that after everything that they had seen? They had seen the Red Sea part. They had seen the miracles happen. They had seen signs and wonders. They had seen God himself come through for them. They had seen God bring them into the promised land. But I want to let you know that generational bondage is real. Please get this. Do not assume that just because you bring your children up in the house of God, they will follow his commands and that they will go to church and they will stay in church. That is a logical fallacy from the pits of hell. Just because you bring them to church, just because you check them into kids ministry, just because they're being taught the word, it doesn't mean they are being discipled. If there is a Christian parent that is sitting over here and you believe that discipleship happens on a Sunday morning I, I am so sorry to burst your ball but that's not what we're doing we are reinforcing discipleship that happens Monday through Saturday so if you are sitting here and you say they're not being taught anything in C kids I am sorry to tell you but that's not where they learn about Jesus Come on. Am I talking to somebody else? The same way if you come down here and sit over here and be like, well, I'm not being fed the word. Well, what, how much are you feeding yourself? The word come on. This is important. Discipleship generationally doesn't happen like that in the religious spirit of, Hey, let's just bring our kids to church. Let them just observe. Let, no, 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 no. Get them involved. I need us to understand this church and so many kids, That were not discipled by their parents. They went to Sunday school. They were checked into kids ministry on Sunday mornings. But there are grown adults that I have to discipline. And they don't know where they're going after they die. They don't know what salvation means. They grew up in church all this while. But they don't know because they weren't discipled. By the generation that needed to disciple them. So the Israelites fall into this trap again and they start worshiping Baal and and they were constantly putting themselves under this false teaching and false religion. The gods would offer them nothing or they would offer them what they already had and they would fall prey to it over and over again. And, And my question is how does this cycle, this toxic religious cycle keep repeating itself over and over and over again? Can I contest this morning that When something becomes so common, we tend to lose sight of its origin or power. I remember my parents always tell me, and I'm sure your parents always told you this, remember where you came from. Remember your roots. That's something that our parents always teach us. Don't get too ahead of yourselves. Like Israelites took God's provision and love and the victory that was given to them for granted. They became comfortable. They made it the norm. Victory became so natural to walk in, natural to walk in favor. The favor of God was upon them, so they didn't take it seriously. The Abrahamic covenant became so casual. And I'm wondering how many of us miss out and do not allow God to lead us into paths of greater victory because we lighten and we take for granted the presence and the power of God in our lives. They thought it was their own strength and their own ability. And God says, man, I will let you see the fruit of your strength. That's what God looks at the Israelites and says, and he backs out. What happens? They fall into the hands of the Philistines and God's like looking at them and saying, man, I'm going to see how far you can go by yourself. And this is where in Judges chapter 13 and 1 verse 1, we pick up and the Bible says, and the people of Israel again did what was evil in the sight of God. And God sends them to 40 years of captivity. 40 years of captivity, and this generation is crying and praying and asking for forgiveness. And God says, I will forgive. And then what happens? The cry of the Lord is heard. The cry of the people are heard. And God comes through in their opposition. And the Lord sends Samuel in the form of, the, of, this, of this baby, this child, to this couple that have not had children, to Manoah and his wife. And The Bible says he will be a Nazarite. The meaning of that word, Nazarite, is set apart. He will be set apart. He empowers him with supernatural strength. This man, Samson, had this ability to tear apart a lion and, and tear. You know, he he basically had this ability to take up a jawbone of a donkey and kill a thousand people. That is how much strength this man had. But the generational cycle began to repeat itself. His strength became the norm. All this stuff became easy for him. He lost sight of the source of strength. Let me remind you this morning, strength on you is the grace of God working through you, church. The skills, the talents, the giftings, the abilities that you and I possess in our lives is nothing but the grace of God. Someone say grace of God. I am not here by my own smarts. I am not here by my own medals. I am not here by my own plaudits. Can I remind somebody that perceived strength or the ability that you think that you have can lead you to where the presence of God will not follow you? So many of us wonder why the presence of God doesn't follow us. It's because, man, God's like, you're doing it in my own ability. But the word tells us, lean on not on your own understanding and your own wisdom, but lean on on the the, the thoughts and the wisdom of God, but we wanna just cling on to what we know is best. And God's like, no, I don't promise my presence on things like that. Perceived strength is your gifts. It's the things that come to you naturally and you don't even need to try hard. Can I tell you something? God will test what's in your heart. God will test what's in your heart. Like, how many of us take God's glory? How many of us steal God's glory? Intentionally or not intentionally, man? How do we know what's in our heart? Like, how do we examine that? Like, like, I don't think nobody naturally, there's no Christian, there's no believer in this room that naturally says, I wanna steal the glory of God. It doesn't happen intentionally. But we do it in such unsuspecting ways because we are a people that are wretched. We don't know what's in our own heart. So God will allow us to walk through situations where he will actually reveal our heart to us. Can I go back to Samson real quick? There's this is lion that comes to attacking, attack him. Samson goes to his natural ability and says, man, I got this power, so he rips him apart. He tears them apart is what the Bible says. This man had so much strength. He encountered this lion, literally tears them apart and leaves them there, goes on his merry way. And on the way back from where he goes, he grabs the lion. He sees it sitting there. And the Bible says this. He grabs the lion and the lion has eaten the honey. So he grabs the lion and the honey that's inside and he eats it. I don't know. That's, that's just weird to me. I don't know about you, but no strong man goes into his pantry. I don't do that. I don't go into my pantry and say, I'm hungry. What do I eat? Honey, that's what I want. Anybody? So you, we got to pray for Jeff today. Jeff, Jeff eats honey. Oh, the other Jeff, not this Jeff. He wants to clarify. <laughs> our kids do that. Our four-year-old and our seven-year-old, they want honey all the time. But I don't think it was hunger. I don't think that guy wanted, wanted that honey because he was hungry. You know what? The more and more I, I asked the Holy Spirit to reveal this to me, I felt the Holy Spirit telling me this. It's not that he was hungry. I think the honey represented the fruit of his gifting. It was this sense of victory that I killed this lion, I did it, this is what I did. So when he walked back, seeing what he did, he wanted a part of what he did. He wanted to bask in that glory. So he goes in there and he says, I will do this. And even though it was to offend God. See, because as a Nazarite, as as a person under the covenant, Samson was never supposed to go and touch something that was dead. And he goes and eats of something that is dead, and he is willing to put his allegiance to God aside because he wants to achieve this thing that he has in his heart to glorify himself. And that is one of the many things that begins his downfall. You remember the verse that we read before, and we're gonna come back to it. Just because God started something through him, he doesn't need to finish it through him. I want you to go back to that verse, guys, that verse, um, which one is it? Um, Five, verse five, go to verse five. And he shall begin to save Israel from the hand of the Philistines. Remember, you have a season. And I want every believer to finish strong. Don't just start strong, finish strong. What you will observe, and I don't have time to go through every episode and every little thing that Samson did, but this was just the beginning. And what God used to start in him is very intentional. But let me remind you that just like Samson, so many of us are walking on a thin line. God will allow you to walk through situations where he elevates your gift. He will make you walk in front of lions. He will cause bears to come your way. He will cause Goliaths to come your way. I need you to hear this. Because God in his infinite mercy will allow you to walk through situations where he will elevate your gift, where he will elevate your talent. He will say, let me show him the stage. Let me show him victory. Let me show him prosperity. And he will stand aside and he will look at how you handle that glory. Please listen to me, church. Your elevated gift has the ability to outshine his glory if you allow it to. I want to repeat that for those of you who do not hear that. Your elevated gift has the ability to outshine the glory of God if you don't manage it the right way. Samson allowed his gift to be elevated at the cost of breaking his own covenant with God. And there begins the generational cycle again of destruction and bringing the kids under a generational bondage that just continues from generation to generation. I am looking for a church body that will arise today and say, the buck stops here. We will not allow what happened to our fathers and our forefathers and in my life and in my wife's life or whatever happened in the past to pass on to our children. We will break it in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Samson was so confident that it was all him. He was led by his gift to where the presence of God refused to follow him. Some of the things God will outright wash his hands off. Listen to this. If the voice of your gift becomes louder than the one who gave it to you, you'll be led into places that the presence of God will not follow you. I'm gonna repeat that it's not on the screen I'm gonna repeat that if the voice of your gift becomes louder than the voice of the one that gave it to you his presence will not follow you but pastor isn't that what the Bible says in Joshua I will never leave you I will never forsake you have you heard that verse let me let me let me debunk your 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 little you know that, that that thing that you got in your head but that's what the Bible says In that context, the presence of God is guaranteed to a person that is being willing to be led. It's guaranteed to somebody that is humble. God favors his word. God favors those who follow and is submitted to his word. God favors whatever looks like what he said. A lot of us, we just have plans and we just want God to come and bless it. We conjure up all these plans for the future and tomorrow, and we're like, God, it would be nice if you can come and be my chief guest in my plans. And God's like, dude, that's not what I want. I want you to make plans, but I want you to stand stand aside and say, God, I've made these plans. This is my diary. This is my journal. This is my five-year or ten-year or one-year plan. But feel free, God, to erase it all and amaze me because your plans for me are beautiful and mighty and powerful. And I believe that what no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart has ever imagined, my God will open up for me and give me in his due time. And I say this all the time in Ecclesiastes 3. The Bible says, for God does all things beautiful in his time. It doesn't say possible, Vicki. It doesn't say, I will make all things happen. It doesn't say, I will make all things come to pass. The Bible is very clear, David, and it says, God will make all things beautiful. Which means I will not just bring it to pass, but when it comes to pass, it will be the very best. But no, I want to look like I won. Sometimes the desire to secure the bag, secure the job, secure the promotion, secure the wealth, can lead you to places where God won't lead you. Church. And today's prayer is a prayer of of submission, of saying, Lord, don't don't just I don't want opportunity anymore, Lord. Don't open doors. That's that's not what I want. I want Your will. Over the next 14 days, can we pray for will? the will of god more than open doors and opportunities because when you pray for the will of god doors will open because that's the lord that i serve he's not a god that wishes ill on us he is a god that opens doors it's just not the doors that you expected but it's going to be doors and you will walk through it it's the promise of god can i hear an amen i'm gonna wrap up here i'm gonna ask the worship team to come up in a little bit but if you can help me on the keys janice You know, many, many years ago, I don't know what year it was, there was a young man that came into the basketball world. He came right out of his high school, didn't go to college. He was described to be the next Michael Jordan. His name was LeBron James. People thought that you know he would be the next big thing and he was all of that the cleveland cavaliers drafted this man anybody know what year any lebron fans here oh 03. three in oh three lebron was drafted and soon after that a lot of people that admired him a lot of people that Looked up to him a lot of people that said that he was the goat and he was always be the goat He's gonna surpass Jordan and all of that It was all it took was a day for him to lose the following and the allegiance and almost the worship of so many young people and older people alike When he came out one day and he was about to switch teams and he made he, he called this big press conference together and he said he made a statement and that statement was, I am taking my talents to Miami. A statement that literally shook the entire basketball world. A lot of allegiance was shifted and a lot of people hated him and a lot of people were, you know, just mad and upset. A lot of people said he will never meet the next Michael Jordan, people still hate him for that, people still thought that that was really arrogant of him to do. No matter what it was, this man that was set to become, surpass Kobe Bryant, this man that was supposed to surpass Michael Jordan, Jeff might disagree, but but over a day garnered so much hate because of the lack of humility is what some people would have referred it to. Or in that context. But the more and more you think about it, you think about Samson. And you think about David on the other hand, who was skilled and who was talented. Who kills a bear and a lion and he was skilled in the slingshot. And yet this young man, who could have printed out his resume and took it out to the king and said, I need a place in your army. This man who was, his abilities were amazing this young man unlike Samson did not depend on his gift but he came into the presence of Goliath and said I do not come with a sword or a shield they offered that to me but I come in the name of the Lord I come in the name of the Lord he didn't go looking for opportunities where his gifting and talents would be beneficial He stayed grounded and allowed God to take him to places. I know in this hustle world that we live in, in this don't-stop-hustling world that we live in, this is going to sound so unpopular, but stop chasing opportunities and places that you don't belong in. Somebody needs to hear this today. God may have you in a place that is beneath you. God may have you in a job that you dislike. God may have you in a relationship that you have to adjust and that you have to do certain things to get along but man some of us need to understand that if God has planted you there I pray that he will give you the ability to bloom in that place don't make impulsive decisions to take your talents to places where you want it to be seen Stop being tempted to go on every television network. Stop calling press conferences. Stop posting it on Facebook. Stop telling everybody and everybody and their mother, telling them about, hey, this is what I want. Sometimes your visions and your dreams are dreams that you have to just present before the Lord and pray and be submissive and be humble. Someone say humble. Because it might look amazing initially, but it will catch up with you soon. You know just this last week I didn't take Robin's permission but uh, Robin was telling me a, a story about how he got offered a job and he went through I think around eight rounds of interviews and they offered him the job and he prayed about it it's a job that he wanted but but he just prayed about it and the more he prayed about it the offer letter was in his hand and he just didn't have a piece about it And he turned down a job that he was praying for that he wanted just because he just didn't feel right about it when he prayed about it. Can I tell you that takes a lot of boldness? That takes a lot of prayer. That takes a lot of wisdom to be able to discipline your heart into saying it might be a big thing, but it's not a God thing. It might be a huge opportunity, but it's not a God opportunity. It might be a door, but it's not a God-sized door. Come on, am I talking to somebody here today? The secret to being a great leader is your ability to be led by God. Men that are in this place, can I talk to you for a second? I want to talk to your heart today. If you want your wives to submit to you, to honor, You honor you, respect you. I know it's biblical, but remember that no woman wants to be in submission to a man who isn't in submission to God. Are you willing to wait on the Lord so he can lead you to to salvation? Like, Like the Bible says, man, I will save you if you allow me to lead you. I will save you from traps I will save you from bondages like one day you will wake up and you will be glad that you just didn't settle for anything and everything and you chose to wait for God's plan trust me this was different from what I preached last week but God sent me this morning with a message because he needs to remind somebody that his plans for you are good he has good plans for you he has the best for you don't settle Don't think because it didn't happen yesterday, it's never going to happen. It may or may may, God may open another door. Just because it seems right to you, it's not right to God. And trust God even when his answer is wait. Would you stand up to your feet all over this place? Can I tell somebody this? Some of your most beautiful days has not happened as yet. It's not. I'm going to say this, and if you want to write it down, write it down. God is never late. He's always on his time. I, I don't think you got it. I said God is never late. He's not on time. He's always on his time. The moment you and I as Christians and believers understand it and allow that to settle and you accept it, you will live peacefully with yourself. You will live drama free, you will live without tension, you will live without pain, you will live without pressure on yourself because when God promotes you man, when victory surrounds you, can I tell somebody stay humble? Stay grounded? There's no need for you to toot your horn there's no need for you to shout it out it's okay sometimes it's okay to be just level-headed and allow God to work his magic God will promote you God will get the word out there he is your best PR agent trust me because you waited for that opportunity and when you do that man everybody knows it's not you it's God that has done it somebody needs to hear this today somebody that's wondering why you haven't been promoted all this while Somebody that's been wondering why you haven't found a spouse. Why you haven't gotten out of that, 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 that situation that you're in. Why, Lord, am I stuck in the place that I am in, Lord? Can your, can your character shine during this time? We're just going to spend a few moments in prayer. But Here's what I want to pray over you. As many as good things Samson had, the verse that grips me every single time, Amy, is that verse five. It grips me and it scares me. It literally scares the daylights out of me, Sharon. Why? Because it says this in verse number five, can you bring that up? It says, and he shall begin. Oh, Lord. He shall begin. But I don't want you to be another number that just begins something and doesn't end at church. I don't want you to pass on that generational, but no, no, no. We're going to stop that in Jesus' name. The word of God says, he that began a good work in your life will bring it to completion. And I pray that every plan that he has for you. That he will bring it to pass. That each one of you, like Paul, will stand up one day and say, I have fought my fight. I have run my race. I have done it with all integrity. And I can't wait for that crown. Build character during this time. Can I remind somebody, your gift cannot take you places that your character cannot sustain you. all these gifts that you're holding on to, these talents that you're holding on to, it will stop at a point, and that point is where your character stops, where your integrity stops. And if your integrity and your character cannot shine, forget your gifts and your talents. Every eye closed in this place, Father, we thank you for this moment. I thank you, Lord. I pray for every person standing in this room Some people are going through some some difficult stuff, Lord. I believe that in my heart. And Father, I bless each and every person in this room. Whatever they're going through. Whatever life-changing decision that they have to take this week. There are some people that you need to remind to stay. There are other people that you need to remind, get out. Both those voices are good. Both those voices are from God. But here, church is the most important part. Don't just rely on a prophetic voice or a prophecy or somebody else or pastor telling you on a Sunday morning or saying, Lord, if this is your will, please let pastor tell me during his message. Or something that pastor says, please make sure it's a confirmation. No, no, no. Like Robin did, he just prayed and God told him what to do. That's what I'm praying for. That we build a generation that is so in tune with the Holy Spirit that your radars, your spiritual radars just go off. Beep, 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 beep. Red flags just go flying. The moment you close your eyes and your knees hit the floor, you know what to say no to and you know what to say yes to. That's the man and the woman of God. So Father, I bless them in the name of Jesus. If there's anybody here you're saying pastor that message was for me can you agree with me and pray with me just lift one hand all over this place just lift one hand and I want to pray over you right now every eye in this place closed I'm praying a blessing over you father in the name of Jesus whatever decision they need to make Lord whatever encouragement they need Lord today I pray for the wisdom of God I pray for the power of God that you will make a way where there seems to be no way. Humble us, God. That we will give you all the glory. And that we will give you all the honor. That we will not dip our hands in your glory. That we will know how important it is to be led by you. That we pray, God, that we will not lead ourselves. That we will not take ourselves to places that we shouldn't go, God. That we will not allow our hearts to wander into places that we don't need to be in. So, Father, would you come through for them in a powerful way? I thank you for your presence that is so strong and mighty in this place. God, I just want to pray for baby Sophia. I just pray for her in the name of Jesus. I pray for healing on her body in Jesus' name. Father, she is healed in the name. Come on church, open your mouths and just pray for some time. There is power in prayer and right now we pray for healing in the name and by the blood of Jesus all over her. Be healed in Jesus' name. Jasmine, be healed of your sciatica in Jesus' name. Come on, can we agree and can we pray? Every voice lifted up, every voice declaring in Jesus' name, be healed. Alyssa, be healed in the name of Jesus. I pray that all that pain would subside. It would submit to the instruction and the power of Jesus. Father, as a church, we pray for Miss Lorraine as she celebrates her 92nd birthday. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Come on, somebody. Thank God for his goodness on her life. The enemy tried to kill her this year. Her back broke this year but I thank you because she is walking in the name of Jesus I thank you because your plans for her you say Lord I will give you long life and I thank you because she's able to enjoy long life bless her richly God I thank you for each and every person in this room every spoken and unspoken need we give it into your hands you know God our need we ask God that you will be glorified church may the lord bless you may he keep you may he cause his face to shine upon you may he be gracious to you may he lift his countenance your direction and may he give you peace that passeth all understanding in jesus name we pray amen thank you for listening we love bringing you the word on so many different platforms we are so thankful for what god is doing in and through us we'd love for you to subscribe so you don't miss out and don't forget to share this message if it has blessed you